a study that I was reading recently said that 70% of brands that request the data from their customers actually fail to use it. So in my mind, that's just a huge missed opportunity on their end to be capturing that information and not actually be using it. How companies gather and use data for marketing automation has become a popular topic for marketers in almost every vertical. We not only have to gather the right information about our prospects, but input that information into our systems properly, ensure it's accurate, and then find a way to use and target it to the right people at the right time while not being too overbearing or creepy with it. All of this and more is discussed in today's episode with Vaughn Young, the Senior Director of Marketing Strategy at What Counts, an email service provider that helps marketers send, you guessed it, What Counts. To start off today's episode, I asked who, what, when, and where this need for personalized content has arisen and why it seems to be an early contender for marketing trend of the year. So really personalization in email is helping make it more relevant to the individual subscribers. We're seeing, you know, companies can change things like, or excuse me, they can use things like, um, you know, purchase history data, preference data, site browsing behavior, things like that to really create a more personalized experience. So I'm talking about personalization on a level more than just like using someone's first name. That's, you know, that's just nothing. I'm talking about communicating with the scriber about things you know that they're interested in. Um, for instance, if you know they've looked at a king size bedspread on your website and then they left, let's start targeting them with emails relevant to not only that exact product that they viewed on your site, but products that can complement that king size, size bedspread like, you know, king size pillows, king size sheets. Um, or even potentially articles on how to choose the best, you know, mattress or something like that, since you know that they're looking at bedding-related types of things. Um, but in general, uh, you know, I was reading an article recently where an experience study was saying that um, they've shown that personalization in emails delivers six times higher transaction rates. Wow. Which, I don't, yeah, um, I, I don't necessarily think that should be surprising because, Really, the more relevant the email content, the more likely you are to have that person interact and convert. But, um, you know, not enough companies are doing it. And I definitely, you know, there is value in, in things like batch and blast emails for sure. They definitely have their place. And I would not, you know, recommend stopping that because they definitely help drive revenue as well. But I think that they should be supplemented with more personalized sins in between those blasts. So ideally, though, really, even blast messages would contain more personalized content, like, for instance, inserting product recommendations under, you know, the main content of a blast message could, you know, something as simple as that could help make it more personalized for subscribers. Gotcha. That makes sense. I feel like, too, a lot of folks can sort of, you know, find themselves stuck in, like, analysis paralysis with trying to, you know, make every email super personalized and super targeted. But uh, you're so right, and I think that's a great point that you bring up, that you need to sort of have this uh, alongside of, you know, your normal batch and blast uh, email campaigns as well. So um, I think another important thing about making sure that your email is personalized properly is uh, list hygiene. So uh, how many marketers would you say, uh, Fawn, have? have issues with uh, something like list hygiene? Is that sort of a big uh, challenge that uh, a lot of folks are, are trying to deal with? Absolutely. Um, I, I personally think that most marketers have a problem with list hygiene. It's just whether they realize it or not. Gotcha. Um, you know, I've definitely, I've worked with clients in the past who didn't even realize that they had an issue. Um, and, you know, it's because they simply weren't paying attention. Um, they were just kind of batch blasting their list all the time, just, you know, unpersonalized emails, just boom, 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 boom. And they weren't really evaluating the quality of their list or looking at their deliverability metrics. So, um, you know, a lot of ESP 
MPs have deliverability teams on staff now to help with um, help their clients like overcome those deliverability concerns because you know that comes along with having unhealthy lists and a lot of times uh, companies just don't know and they don't know how to deal with it once they find out. So um, you know on the lines of list hygiene, a lot of times it's an honest mistake. You know somebody is signing up for an email and they're entering their email address incorrectly or they're signing up with like or, you know, the email address that they signed up with is two years ago from a job that they're no longer at. So that email address is no longer valid. But then there's other times where companies are actually employing really bad email practices like buying or renting lists, which is horrible. I don't think I have to say how bad that is for <laughs> list hygiene and reputation, but there's still, you know, companies out there that are practicing that today. Um, but ultimately sending emails to a healthy list of people that actually sought out your brand and signed up to receive your promotions. It's going to help enhance your brand. It's going to increase your R your ROI. Um, and really, instead of you know going after bad leads, buying lists, renting lists, and things like that, you should be organically growing your list to get those new healthy leads, um, and then using you know sending them content that's relevant to them and timely to them, so that they'll want to stay engaged with your with your emails going forward. Absolutely. And uh, is there a clear line, Fawn, as to when uh, you should and should not be automating with these campaigns? I mean, is it, you know, if you're doing a much more targeted campaign, should, you know, send out emails individually to folks or uh, should they almost always be automated? Uh, what are your thoughts? Well, um, I'd say for re-engagement type campaigns, which is what I would consider if, if somebody's not opening your emails anymore, you need to target them with a re-engagement campaign. Um, I do think there's value in, in automating a campaign like that. Um, definitely helps lots of clients in the past work through best practices involved with that. Um, I think that, you know, companies should be, um, if they're not automating a campaign where, okay, someone hasn't opened an email in six months, let's target them with this series. If they're not doing that, they should look into it or they should at least be manually doing this, you know, every quarter or every six months and looking at, at the quality of their list and things like that. Um, as far as emails in general and, you know, not necessarily like re-engagement campaigns, but just campaigns in general, um, as far as a clear line as to whether they should be automated or not. I think that probably varies from company to company and resources the company has and things like that. But, um, you know, some things might make sense to automate for one company that don't for another. I've had companies or clients that I've worked with in the past that have um, run back in stock automated campaigns and they saw great results. Whereas other companies I work for and with, that would not have made sense, that type of campaign. But then there are campaigns that are no-brainers to automate. Like, absolutely, I think everyone should have an automated welcome message or, better yet, an automated welcome series. Um, abandoned cart campaigns should absolutely be automated. Um, and there's tons of best practices that, you know, we can go into about that as well. Um, but then there's other things like, you know, what about after purchase? How about a post-purchase series, lapse purchaser series, never purchase campaigns, birthday campaigns, anniversary campaigns, like all of those things should just be no-brainers. Those should be automated um, hands down all day long. Can there be too many campaigns? I mean, you that was just like the list that you just went through was amazing. I mean, is there sort of a number? Like after a certain point, I mean, can you just be like, okay, like please just stop emailing me. Like it was my birthday, you know, yesterday. It's my anniversary, three days. I have an empty cart too. Like I've gotten 10 emails in the past, you know, five days. What's the deal here? Uh, is there is there also sort of like a cutoff point with like lead scoring where you could figure out, you know, don't email them all the time? 
Yeah, there's definitely a point where you need to figure out, okay, what's the the tier here? What's the most important thing that we want to get in front of someone? Um, you know, and, and also if, if you're working for with a company that only emails people twice a month, I would certainly say take that into consideration when you're looking at your automated campaigns so that you don't have someone who's used to getting an email from you twice a month all of a sudden getting five in a week. You know, that could be overwhelming for them. That could cause them to, you know, unsubscribe. Um, but it, I think it's something that varies from company to company. And I think it's something that uh, some companies are definitely taking into consideration and others just aren't. <laughs> gotcha. Um, but what I would say is there's some campaigns that are just known revenue drivers, like abandoned cart campaigns. So something like that should, you know, take precedence over another campaign that might be automated that um, might not be as high of a revenue driver. So that's, that's all stuff to take into consideration when you're looking at okay, what are we automating and, and how are we setting it up? And you should be able to put in, you know, some, some segment checks or list membership checks or, you know, it all depends on how, how people have their, their internal, you know, list segments and, and what kind of system they're using and all of that. But hopefully they've got checkpoints along the way that would make it easy for them to, to put these things kind of into tiers of this is the most important. Let's just get this in, out in front of people first. Absolutely. And, you know, making the most of these campaigns and, uh, as you said, you know, trying to read and really figure out your own, uh, you know, marketing automation strategy, probably one of the most important things that you have access to as a marketer is, uh, you know, the data. So uh, how would you say, uh, Fawn, can marketers make the most of real-time data with regard to marketing automation? So some marketers may need to employ like a third party to accomplish that. Uh but the benefit is that they're going to have a much more personalized experience that's more likely to drive conversions. Um, I can speak for, for what counts. We have a partner called LiveClicker that specializes in real-time capabilities. So they're able to deliver content that responds to each, um, each opener's like personal context in real time. So basically, um, if it's raining where I am and they know that, like they can show me an image within the main image of the email that might be just the storm clouds and rain and maybe they're trying to sell me umbrellas and it's super relevant. Or if it's nighttime, I see a nighttime image. If it's daytime, I see a daytime image or, um, you know, other things to do like with real-time data, you know, I've seen companies and, and LiveClick can do this as well, like pull in um, imagery from social media pages, like, posts that that their um, followers are, are are making kind of real time and pulling that into the content of an email just um, you know maybe as a way to help entice someone to purchase based on oh this is an awesome image from social and this person loves the product you know that kind of thing or even even real-time data in in the fact of like if I'm opening an email when I'm out and about um, showing like a live map of, of the nearest location um, where I can buy that product that I'm looking at in the email, you know, things like that um, can make a really big difference. But I think that first and importantly, marketers need to really analyze what they're currently collecting and what they can do with it and start with the low hanging fruit and then add on from there. So um, I know that clients I've worked with in the past, a lot of them have felt like it's all or nothing. And, and that's not the case at all. So for example, um, you know, maybe a company's not running a, a browse abandonment campaign. Well, go ahead and get a one and done message set up and running, and then you can work on expanding it into a series, you know, in the near future. But at least having that one and done message running is going to be better than nothing, and you should start seeing some revenue benefits from that. So it's kind of like looking at what you've got available at your fingertips immediately 
and then expanding from there. And if you need to pull in that third party to help you accomplish, um, you know, getting the real time data and making the most of it. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. And I, I love the example, too, uh, that you had of, you know, being able to source in weather information and have that update, you know, in real time. Um, but what's most exciting for me sort of as a marketer and uh, as we're sort of, you know, building out this personalized uh, technology informed by data is that I feel like we're sort of, you know, really at the forefront of something big. I feel like uh, not to like make too weird of an analogy, but this is sort of like, you know, when we were able to use fonts in HTML, like we were able to, you know, change the color of a web page or the way that something appeared. And if it, it, I, I'm just so excited by, you know, the possibilities that exist, you know, from this sort of personalized technology. So uh, if you think, uh, Fawn, if we have this conversation a year from now, uh, how different do you think uh, the state uh, of this uh, personalized automation uh, will be? So I think more companies will be adopting um, personalized automation. Uh, a, a study that I was reading recently said that 70% of brands um, that request the data from their customers actually fail to use it. So in my mind, that's a huge missed opportunity on their end, um, you know, to be be capturing that information and not actually be using it. Um, just huge missed revenue opportunity. I think that um, <clears throat> email marketing uh, and automation is definitely key to capturing potentially lost sales. And one thing to think about is with so many people on mobile devices today, email is obviously a huge marketing opportunity, but with 67% of consumers using a smartphone to check their emails and doing that multiple times a day, I think that that number is going to do nothing but climb. So just really using um, marketing you know, automation uh, is going to do nothing but help. And then, um, you know, mobile email opens growing 180% in three years. I really don't see that slowing down. Um, people want relevant information they want personalized information and they want it at their fingertips so automated email campaigns and, and really real-time data is the way to get that to them fantastic i love it i love it and i think that that's perfect to you uh, for our next topic and i think that uh, will definitely be something that will be discussed at uh, the upcoming marketing sherpa summit um and so uh, you i believe fawn are attending this year so i just want to hear uh, what are you uh, most looking forward to at the conference this year well, I'm looking forward to attending, you know, all the sessions and just seeing, you know, and hearing what other other marketers are doing. Um, I'm also going to be taking part in a coaching clinic that's there where I'll be providing one-on-one um, -on -one consultations. I'll be speaking um, specifically about abandoned cart best practices and organically growing your list. Um, so I'm looking forward to, to helping marketers with that, too. I've already got some people signed up and, um, you know, just just really excited to to get there <laughs> yeah and get going yeah for sure coming up i think what is it next week oh my gosh uh, uh late february here in where is it las vegas the bellagio i think it's gonna be it's gonna be uh, a lot yep. of fun uh, i'm super excited yeah. so fun how can our listeners find out more about you and about what counts uh well they could certainly go to our website whatcounts.com and um you know look around there and then i'm also um i can be found on on linkedin as well Fantastic. Well, uh, thank you again, Fawn, for joining me today. Great, great interview. Uh, really looking forward to, to getting this one out to the world. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Also, thank you so much to our listeners for following along. To find out more about B2B Nation, including our HR and IT edition, check out our website, technologyadvice.com backslash podcast. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. Thanks for listening.